0: Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics. I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, I get to interact with a major player in the industry, colorist Lee Luffridge. His work includes Deadly Class, Town, Not All Robots, Action Comics, Tim Drake Robin, and so many more. Make sure to check out Cameron Reads Comics on Instagram and YouTube. Also, please make sure to leave a 5-star rating and review so more people can check out the show. Now, here's your episode. Welcome back to Cameron Reads Comics. My name is Cameron and I just read comics. I love them. And today we have a super special guest, Lee Luffridge, colorist extraordinaire. Hi Lee, how are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Doing excellent. So before we get into comic book questions, because I have a million for you, uh, I want to talk about how we met and I want to talk about cars because I have recently gotten into cars and we met randomly at a car meetup in Long Beach. It's called all makes welcome hosted at good time, Long Beach. But, um, I had known the owner at an, at a different car meet. And then he said, Oh, you're into comic books. I know a guy that works in the industry. And I was like, okay. And I see you're wearing a deadly class hat. I was, there was the best. It was the best. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love, because sometimes you meet people in the industry and you haven't read their work, you know, everyone's into comics. But I'm like, oh, no way. You were the colors for Deadly Class. And it's one of those things where, you know, I feel like lettering and colors, you don't notice, you don't appreciate how really good they are until they stick out to you. You don't, you don't notice until you really notice. And so Deadly Class was definitely one of those where the palette stuck out to me. But I want to talk about your cars really quick.
1: All right. It's more exciting anyways.
0: I I, I disagree, but I'm equally interested. So when did that start? Your 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 love of cars.
1: Uh, shit, ten, eight. You know, like any, I guess any kid collecting matchboxes, mm-hmm. stuff like that.
0: What was the What was the first car you think that like stuck out to you? Because you have two hardy vehicles, or at least two uh, Porsches that I adore.
1: Yeah, uh, probably, probably Porsches first, maybe like. You know, I think it's whatever you're exposed to. You know, everyone liked the old Trans Am in the 70s because I grew up in the 70s. So yeah. you know smoking the Bandit, you like that car for a minute until you realize it's kind of shitty. Uh, <laughs> then I got really into Porsches. Um, probably a lot of it, you know, we've dialed it down. There's a group of us that are into comics, um, Porsches, BMX, punk rock
0: oh really and
1: the thread is we were trying to figure it out for a while but i think the thread is bmx because when uh bmx was getting big in the 80s all these guys were buying Porsches like 944s 911 turbos and and using them in ads so i think that's where you know where we got kind of stuck on on porsche in general was probably through the bmx scene and because i was highly into that you know skateboarding and bmx then
0: so yeah were you like following the bones brigade generation or should i go one yeah. back because i worked at a no, surf I, shop I, for five years i'm like really into skating and surfing and everything too
1: yeah i i was the bones uh generation i mean i still like the older guys like alva j adams and them, but of course the uh, yeah i was definitely in an 80s and into early 90s uh generation
0: and did you grow up in california
1: no, New Jersey. Oh, no way! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was way out of step there.
0: That's so because because I know that Ed Brubaker grew up in San Diego and he was so into punk and he talks a lot about the punk scene. So I'm like, yeah. I know that Deadly Class has such influence, especially being placed in San Francisco, but I just didn't know. Um, yeah. Did you? Uh, I want I want to hear what made you decide on the two cars you have. Name them, and if you guys don't know, just Google them. Uh, but what do you, you have two Porsches right
1: right which, um, which
0: which models
1: well I you know I got my first Porsche when I was 17 it was oh, no uh, a 924 and it was a complete pile of shit <laughs> but it looked pretty good and it's all I could afford it yeah. was you know, got into the brand I guess uh and it was I mean, from the ride home, it was blowing, you know, just blowing by oil, smoke. It was it was a pile. It was like four grand. And oh, uh, I went right from a GTI to that. <laughs> you know, it's like the the total like, I don't know, car guy back then. You get a GTI and then you hope you can get a Porsche. But the Porsche was not as good as the GTI. But I spent like two years restoring that car. And then um, and then it got totaled. Uh, oh, my no. father, my father got sideswiped. Um <sighs> I was the, I went to art school and when I was away at school, I made him drive it, you know, once every two weeks and he got sideswiped and it got destroyed. So it was worth nothing. Um oh. but then I got like five grand for the car. My dad felt bad and he uh gave me a work truck of his. He signed with a new company and he was able to keep his old truck. He goes, Take my truck. And then I sold the truck for another five. Oh wow! And then I got a loan through my mother's credit union and bought my aunt's '84 911 Carrera. Oh, wow. and that was that was in like I was like twenty.
0: Oh no! you're you're driving a cooler car than all your friends.
1: Oh yeah, but I mean I was so broke because of it. Um, but I, you know, I had a decent job. You know, I was able to make the payments. So good on uh, you. But then, uh, yeah, so I've had them forever, my whole life. So uh, I have now, I have an 82 uh, 930 Turbo and a 69 911T. Oh, that I've wow. had. To, the 930 is 19 years, 18 years? Shit. I think I've had it maybe, maybe 19 years. Yeah, 19 years now.
0: And you post those cars on your Instagram, so everyone should go follow you. It's it's just at Lee Luffridge? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was checking it out because when we had met that day, I was like, I want to see the cars that because I saw it. What was the, which one's the gray one? Is that the 924? That's
1: the 930. Yeah, that's
0: oh, the 930. 30. Yeah, that one's awesome. And so I was like, Oh, look at that. And you said you're gonna go work on some more cars, and so I wanted to go see follow that. But um that's that car's so cool. Can I can I actually make a couple of there's one name I want to guess is in the BMX car crew and that's Sean Murphy.
1: Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. That guy, we talk cars. Yeah.
0: Because that guy, I know he has a Datsun. I know that uh, he draws like every Batmobile and all of his Batman titles. So I'm like, I feel like that's a huge one.
1: He's a total car head and he's got a couple, he's got a, he's got a stable, I believe. That's awesome. Uh, He doesn't post a ton of them. Um, we were talking about that because people get weird. You know, they think you're bragging at this point. But
0: yeah.
1: I was telling him, we were just talking about this in San Diego. And I said, fuck them. Fuck everybody. Like, <laughs> you're old enough now you can post it. Yeah. You know, like if you're posting weird shit in your 20s, you look like a douchebag. Yeah. Like at our age, fuck you. Work hard and buy something cool. Like, yeah, you know, you, you have the, we have the years to get that going. So mm-hmm. it is what it is.
0: Oh, you're totally right. That's awesome. And he's in
1: Toyotas. Like, it's not like our Datsuns. It's not like. Yeah. It's some crazy, you know, like uh, fucking Lamborghini Miura or something.
0: Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, a uh, or anything. But, um, oh my God. Yeah. None of
1: these are that.
0: Speaking of which, I've been so into, uh, Ferraris, the Dinos, I think are so cool. (laughs) Like, if I could have a dream car, that'd be, but that's them trying to compete with the Porsche, I found out so
1: yeah i'm i'm with you i never really gave a shit about him and as of the past four years i love him yeah i just I, watched that one
0: yeah i i watched uh ford v ferrari and i kind of influenced a lot of what my google searches or whatever um but let's get into let's get into the books so i want to talk deadly class but i want to just talk there's a couple of things. There's one book I haven't read, but I've wanted to read. And I have questions about your collaborators, but um, I wrote down, obviously you just, you said got off of a uh, action comics by Phil Kennedy Johnson. How was that run? How was that uh, experience? Were you every other book? Was it?
1: No, I just, I worked on them straight for uh, I, I guess about a year, maybe a dozen issues. Oh. You know, a lot of times the run is, and in, in historically, a run is like thirteen. Yeah. But nowadays, we're in like this trade-driven market of like mm-hmm. five, six issues. So you just don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I stayed on that, you know, on about a year of that run, and then they got it. You know, they had a they had a whole different team. So they just jump teams.
0: Oh, really? You know? Is that is that what's happening now with the new like Superman's going on a whole new thing right now?
1: Yeah, they. You know, it's just it's common. You know, they yeah. jump teams and. You just so I even when I was on that, I thought I was doing a couple issues and then you know they'd send me another one, and I went, okay, I guess I'm still doing. You <laughs> how know, many you know.
0: how, how many books do you color a month?
1: Well, I don't want to reveal that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just <laughs> no, no that's, like, no, that's fine. I'm always I,
0: wondering I, the turnaround because I'm like, it, it blows my mind. Just uh, I feel like your job probably has the most, I was thinking about it today when I was driving, probably the most satisfying, um, like you know, you get this black and white page and then, you know, the, com- the completion is coloring it in. I'm sure. Is there, is that like really satisfying that process for you or is it just work at this point?
1: No, I, I love it. I, I like doing it. Um, you know, I'm a cake decorator. So oh, yeah. and luckily I've been doing this long enough where I, you know, I get to work with a lot of the best guys. So, you know, yeah. it, it's, and you know, who's good when you're going over them. Because I'll go over, I'll see art that looks good. And once I start throwing color on it, a lot of times you realize that the things they're not thinking about. You know, where yeah. it's defining planes, separating planes or tangents or just thinking about the foreground and it, it just action in general. You know, the good guys, it's just easy. The whole thing process is easy. And the guys that might look good, sometimes it takes a long time to kind of makes sense of the chaos they throw on the page.
0: Do you have a favorite artist um, colorist pair? Because I feel like sometimes, and, and maybe you, you see this, but there's some artists where it's like their work looks better with a certain colorist. Is there any, yeah. who's your favorite collaborator? It's Nick
1: Dragata and Frank Martin.
0: On, oh, okay. Uh, East,
1: East of West, East meets West, East of West. Yeah. Which oh. they're doing another run of that. Oh, no four- way great yeah those two are are great and even actually i I like mateus galera and um uh what's his colorist name um i can tell you shit he's so freaking good Uh, that sucks it's on the tip of my tongue but yeah i'd say frank martin's frank martin i'd say colorist he's probably my favorite uh you know, there's a ton of people I, I respect and think are great. Guys like Matt Wilson, Nick Vlardy.
0: Like Matt Wilson are. makes me lose my mind. I was like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Matt came out of my studio. So, so there's a reason you like him.
0: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> okay. So do you, how did that process happen? Did you make your own coloring studio or like what do you do with color studio?
1: It started as that, because back then we were doing archival reconstruction work and mm-hmm. um, separating a lot of stuff for other colorists for DC. Mm-hmm. And then I just started hiring kids at a SCAD where I went, Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. And typically i picked the best people. And then we we rolled it into a lot of art and um, in writing stuff. And, you know, we're, I was trying to make it like this overall studio. Um mm-hmm but yeah, Matt Wilson came out of it. Nick Dragata came out of it. Nick Filardi came out of it. Um, you know, a lot of guys, Sean Pritzel was there for a while. Um, there was a lot of people, a lot of great guys, but it was fun. We held it down for like probably 10 years and then technology started moving so quickly. We didn't, you know, I didn't need these big fiery printers and, you know, we used to scan all the art and everything. And then, um, you just didn't, we didn't need to do it anymore. You know, everyone has a scanner now. Everybody can, yeah. you know, you're doing digital proofing back then. It was all printed proofing. You know, I had to FedEx everything off all the time.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so much mail.
1: Yeah. It was like, it was like, see, it was like chasing technology for a long time. And um, I just saw the writing on the wall and then I, and the internet too wasn't that great then, but it hit a point where I just shut the studio down one day. I'd, I was just frustrated. One night, came in, started packing. Yeah. And as I came in, I said, "Go get internet at your house, or get another job." And uh, we're doing this at home. And my daughter was just born, so I kind of wanted to be home more yes. for her. And then, and I just bought that Porsche. So.
0: Oh heck yeah! <laughs> You're like guys. I'm busy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know who who I think I actually we should talk about deadly class because I got to ask all my questions. So I want people, if they have, if they want to know, to hear about it, but um, how did you decide on that color palette for that book? Cause you had told me a story about how they wanted it to be a little bit more three-dimensional and you were like, no, like a matte color finish is it for that. What, well, what brought that to you?
1: So Rick and I are, you know, closest to friends yeah so he came up with that concept, and then we lived literally four doors away. So oh, we talked about that book on like multiple bike rides and hanging out and then um uh, you know, just he decided on West to do it to draw it. West did some pages
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think we just had like six pitch pages for image, and then um, Rick came over one night and yeah, I just started playing around with it. My instinct was flat, mm-hmm. and it looked good flat. And then he wanted modeling at one point. You know, we're just trying to figure it out. It wasn't like he wanted this, I wanted this. It was like, all right, let's try modeling it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then I modeled it, and it looked cool modeled. And if you look up old – if you Google that book, you'll see those old pages.
0: Okay, cool. They're I still am- on the internet. I they could be in the back of the hardcover. I have the first two hardcovers. So they
1: might, I don't know. Um, but they're online. Oh. Uh, and then I guess Rick sat with it, sat with him for like a week. We solicited him like that. And then um he came over one night and he's like, you know, I think we just gotta go flat. And I go, We do. Because <laughs> Wes's art, I I think calls for that. Yeah. You know, I think with any artist, whenever I get a project, I'll start flat. And then if the art calls for it, you know, I'll start adding, adding modeling and, you know, unless they definitely want modeling. But I've argued with artists where I've said you don't want this thing to look like it's dipped in oil. Mm-hmm. You know, you should probably go more simplistic and it'll ha- it'll just have a nicer tone. Yeah, uh, I
0: totally agree with you. I think less is more, especially. And I think we're learning that a lot lately with With guys like Jorge Fornes coming out and, and doing what he's doing. Obviously, Lee Weeks, I feel like his style has really changed. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: And my personal favorite example, I think as of late, uh, to your point, is I think Sean Phillips' art, I'm like, I don't want that denial, you know. I think Jacob Phillips, his son coming up and doing yeah. all that coloring is just perfect
1: yeah jacob's super good and and jacob's a killer artist too
0: yeah on that new burn i was like oh i just Dude. i'm so hyped to see that like see him come up way more in the industry like i'm so excited for that kid's potential
1: yeah we did like a color thing together in um england a few right before covid uh, jacob and i and i didn't hadn't really heard of him i mean i knew his dad yeah of course but, um uh, it, and my computer wasn't set up right. It was all, it was a PC mm-hmm. and luckily I just bought, pro, I brought process pieces with me and I just told everyone, I go, I'm not going to do this. Like I'll show you process this every, all the keys are different. I said, I'm going to look like an idiot, but Jacob was just banging pages out. Yeah, awesome. He's good. He's a, he's a good artist.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a, actually I want to talk about, on, I have one more question. Oh, my my comic book shop owner, his name's Ryan. He, he's on the podcast a ton. Him and I argue about recoloring uh of like when when they do reprints and and they recolor the material. So like right. it happened in uh Batman by Neil Adams. Whenever that's reprinted, they do the new coloring style.
1: Uh, yeah, Batman Jones. Of pages like that. That was part of my studio. We recolored the old stuff. But so, go on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what's right.
0: Yeah. I want to hear your opinion on, uh, like. So, it's not even an
1: opinion. It's a fact. So swamp, thing,
0: swamp Thing by Bassett, all those, uh, what's your preference? That's really my question. Is what there's, is, no, what's your pre-
1: there's no preference. It, it's, these are the facts. Back then they had a, a limited palette in order to make these books yeah. and you dealt with 25% increments of color. So yellow, mm-hmm. you had zero 50, 75, or 100 yellow. Oh, really? Now you combine that with red. Yellow 100, red 25 is kind of a mustardy yellow. Yeah. You know, yellow 100, red 50 is orange. At 75, it's brighter. You know, it's it's almost red. Y 100, R 100 is red. That's all you get. So when you see a Neil Adams book or any of these old books and there's a blue sky it's 25 50 75 or 100 that's it Mm -hmm. so there's no like flesh is yellow 25 red 25 that's it if you go 50 on red it's too red Mm -hmm. you know so there's there's only i think it was like 126 colors or something but out of those colors you can only use about 80 the rest are too dark
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so when people would restore these books, I mean, I'd had, I had the palette well, I used to have to work off of that palette. That's how yeah. long I've been doing this crap. <laughs> so, and then they went to a 5% scale and that was crazy. You know um, yeah. now it's you know millions, but uh, yeah, there's no, there's no right or wrong. There's the only way. And the only way is you use the palette that they, that they were using back then when they were actually cutting rubelists. So, and that's a 25% scale. So there's really no margin for error unless Mm -hmm. you just get like a blue a little wrong or something, but because they are faded, um, you know, the old books, but you, you know what, when it, when the page is equally faded, you know, where it should be, Yeah. you know, you scale everything up and, um, a lot of, most people do it wrong, but they're also, they don't have a lot of money to pay to do that stuff anymore. So they're farming it out. And they send these pages, they just send like a, P, a freaking PDF and they just, these guys are just color. They're just drop eye dropping it to get it done quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's not how they should be doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh Villa Rubia's, does a lot of that. And, um, we talked about that this year in San Diego and, uh, ad nauseum, in fact, <laughs> and, uh, he does it right. Oh, he knows, cool. he knows what, to do, but he's also, we came from the same uh, uh, generation, I guess.
0: That's awesome. That's like such a unique perspective that I never get to hear. Um, not
1: even unique. It's the only perspective. All right. <laughs> well, that's, you heard the, it
0: here first, guys.
1: <laughs> it's the only correct way to archival, uh, do archival reconstructions. It's the only way. If you're not doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Because that, the like,
1: way so. you're doing it didn't exist. So you just, you're yeah. a fucking liar. You're a fraud.
0: <laughs> Dang, called out. Um, Okay, so now I want to talk about adaptations because I, when I talked to you, I only knew that Deadly Class had been uh, an adapted work of yours. I didn't know that you were on Stumptown.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: so you have to be... I understand I haven't read that book, but I've always wanted to. I'm a huge Greg Rucka guy. How, yeah. did, how did the uh, meetings with the studio or the adaptation process... Uh, work between Deadly Class and then Stumptown
1: So Stumptown I really have No idea because Oh okay. I did that book in the beginning And then I got And I was doing it Very very cheaply Because um, I liked everybody And yeah. it was a cool project And um, At one point I got super busy And I, I knew I wasn't going to Hit the deadline and then they Just I think they had um, Rico Renzi jump in and then he stayed in. So that book, um, I believe Oni owned it, or maybe the writer owned it, maybe Rucka owned it. I, I don't know that deal. I have no idea. No. So that and that happened years after I worked on it. I mean a fucking decade or so, maybe. No yeah. It, so I have no idea how that happened. Deadly class, I was more in the loop with Rick. Um, you know, that just happened where the book was out and uh Rick put a pitch together and, you know, had management and went out and shopped it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know? That's such, like, I loved that show. And it included my favorite line from the comic where, uh, especially because this is where I identified most in high school, when um, oh my gosh, I was talking, it's Marcus is talking, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. He's listening to the Smiths. And he's like, right. oh my gosh, he's like, using that gay shit. And he's like, no, I'm like, I'm not gay. Like, like being vulnerable and listening to Smiths. Cause I was like, I was the kid that listened to the Smiths in high school. Yeah, And I'm like, this is, he's like, this is brave. And I'm like, Oh my gosh.
1: I, <laughs> was, I like, was the kid calling the kid listening to the Smiths in high school. Gay. <laughs> oh,
0: good. Good. Well, look at us now. I was or- way
1: too, way too punk rock for the Smiths, but I also have a no Morrissey rule in my life. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm just not a fan.
0: I get it. Especially- that's
1: okay. I'm I'm Cure over Smiths.
0: Oh, okay, you're a Robert Smith I guy. Even,
1: I didn't even listen to Cure in high school. I was, I was too hardcore. I, it was what, not. What,
0: what did you listen to? Just
1: old hardcore, like New York hardcore, DC Discord, you know, stuff okay. like that. I, I was too uh, too Tunnel Visioned. You know.
0: That's so funny. But My- now I
1: like it all. I, but I don't like the Smiths.
0: <laughs> we haven't. They haven't grown that much. Give it. Give it. A, give it some time. Uh, I, I was.
1: I, I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh this is the hill i'm dying on um <laughs> awesome well honestly that's right now as as many questions they had for you uh tell us what you're working on right now
1: uh we're coming
0: up you just posted jason aaron
1: oh yeah once upon a time that that's for boom i grabbed a bunch of books what do i do with them oh these are like books i got this week
0: uh, Oh my gosh. So
1: uh, cool. I'm doing Robin
0: Tim Drake Robin awesome book
1: dude. this book is lights out Raleigh Rossmo is a genius I uh, love
0: those colors already
1: I had New Think come out for AWA oh, uh, awesome. I, did, I guess they're reprinting Batman Beyond I just got this foil really
0: wait cool. you did Batman Beyond
1: yeah I did it for years
0: oh my gosh
1: I did wait. Batman Adventures for years too
0: so wait, oh, you you gotta tell me about working with with uh we talked about this briefly, I remember, but like if you are on Batman Beyond and like and Batman Adventures, that means you were working like Rick Burchett, Ty, yeah. Ty Templeton, Darwin Cook.
1: Yeah. Yep, Darwin, what was, yeah.
0: What were those issues like coming out? Was that just like
1: it was the best. All I ever wanted. When I got into comics, all I wanted to do was Batman Adventures. Because oh. I loved uh the stuff and um I would loved that book. And then when I got it, I, I held on to that and then did Batman Beyond. And then I got introduced to Darwin through that and did stuff with him. Um, those were the best because they were simple. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to work up upstairs, I say, because upstairs from DCU was Vertigo. Yeah. So I always wanted to work upstairs for Vertigo, but for some reason they had me pigeonholed as like a superhero guy. <laughs> Yeah. But then I finally got work through Axel Alonzo up there.
0: Oh, cool! And then I
1: then I was like Vertigo guy, and then I couldn't get back downstairs because I was Vertigo dude.
0: Wait, so what? I your your Wikipedia by the way, very limited. But what uh Vertigo titles were you on?
1: Uh, shit, man, so many. <laughs> I have to look around here. Uh, I did Losers, Fables, Heavy mm-hmm. Liquid. What's that? Six days. I have a bunch of hard covers in here. Uh, tons of stuff. Why the Last Man? No
0: uh, way. Uh, I. Why? Obviously, you've heard a million times over that color palette too in that book is amazing.
1: Yeah, I did that, and honestly, a lot of those issues was. uh was Matt Wilson when he was working for me?
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So he like I was doing that. And then he I put him on issues, and then I'd edit. You know, I'd go in and clean it up. But then towards the last, like probably issues we had ever done, I did I barely touched his stuff. It was perfect.
0: That blows my but mind. I that you... the
1: name was the name was Xylenol on that. That's my company Xylenol okay. studio. So I would put Xylenol if the name was on it. Uh, if someone else is coloring it. Awesome. Um, but I got Highball. Oh, cool. It's a fun book. Stuart Moore, good dude. Two Graves, Genevieve Valentine. Oh, that's awesome. Book. This book we've been playing with for a decade, and it's finally coming out. Awesome. So new Fables. How sick is that cover? That it?
0: is that is so freaking sick.
1: Yeah, Mark Buckingham. Uh, I'm doing a run on Philadelphia right now.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: So that- I did Spawn with jason alexander for a little and then we were supposed to do this and then we didn't and now we're doing it so i don't know then that's this is the jason aaron book
0: once upon a time at the end with, of the world
1: and that's Alex Tefanaki, who i did um the good asian with
0: oh wow so, you would literally nice. work so much that's so many projects
1: yeah i think uh i think i work right right currently i'm working for like 15 companies it's nuts
0: You're a big deal. Oh my gosh. That's awesome, man. Well, glad, glad to know that you're busy working, you know?
1: It's yeah, I've been slammed. It's been great. Um, but like too busy. Like, um, my calendar is ridiculous right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not arguing. I'll never complain about being busy because not being busy is the fucking worst thing in the world.
0: Yeah, no, well, I appreciate you making time for us. I I'm I'm I was slacking on getting this together, but I'm so so glad we did. Next time I'll have to have you in the room with um my buddy Alan and Ryan, because they they'd want to pick your brain. Ryan's a huge indie comic guy, so all the all the issues you were talking about, he's read their number ones. He's he'd totally go through it and pick your brain about all that punk and horror stuff too, I bet. Yeah, well
1: let's do it again. I have a book um announcing that I wrote and I'm doing the color with um, an artist, Mac Chatter. Oh, cool! Uh, that we're gonna announce probably in the next couple months, but great,
0: yeah. No, I'll that's, gladly
1: that's glad to yeah, have you back I want to promote all that because I have a bunch of stuff. I have like nine full series that I've already written that I'm trying to find artists for to get to get them all going.
0: Oh wow, that's well, that's awesome, man. Well. I will gladly, gladly have you on. I really appreciate it. Um, we and I'm gonna try and get a lot of video footage. Probably talk to you again at WonderCon this year.
1: So oh yeah, I'll be there.
0: I'm so excited for that. And your buddy uh Mark Russell and Jason Aaron are both gonna be there now. Oh yeah. It.
1: Yeah.
0: I I'm getting my CGC signing stuff ready because I just uh I got my books back from LA Comic Con. So I'm trying to get those graded signed whatever so i
1: missed that i didn't go up
0: yeah i was i was texting you um but yeah anyways thank you so much lee for coming on the camera reads comics podcast um plus your instagram uh, and twitter again is at lee luffridge yeah all right so go go follow him go check out his cars go check out his books um you guys make sure to Comment, like, subscribe anything on Cam Reads Comics. Uh, Club with those like and subscribe buttons so we can keep this going. We will see you next time.